Welcome to the J. Kim Show, Hong Kong's first dedicated podcast on investing in Asia. It's no secret that Asia is home to some of the most dynamic, innovative, and game-changing companies in the world. Join us as we survey the land to find the most profitable investment opportunities that will allow you to capitalize off this next wave of wealth creation. If this is your first time listening, thank you for stopping by. This podcast is produced with the goal of providing actionable insights with every single episode. And now, on to the show. My guest today is Furkan Kidwai. He's the founder of The Y. The Y is an online pharmacy aimed at making healthcare accessible, understandable, and affordable all across South Asia, Southeast Asia, and MENA, which is Middle East and North Africa. To date, The Y has 2.8 million unique users, and the app has been downloaded over 50,000 times in the last three months alone. Furkan, welcome to the show. Thank you very much, Jay. Well, it's good to have you on, and uh, you know, I've I've been doing some uh, some unique episodes about in, from with entrepreneurs from countries that I'm not very familiar with. Maybe you could begin with a little bit of background of yourself. Uh, you know, where are you from? You know, what what were some of your past ventures, and what led you to starting uh, this company, Dawai? Great pleasure. Yeah, I'm gl- glad to talk about Pakistan. Uh, a little bit about myself. Um, I grew up in Pakistan, but I left when I was 18 to go to university in the UK. Um, I studied there at Cambridge University and Imperial College London. Um, just happened to have landed a job in the city, uh, became an investment banker, worked for places like Merrill Lynch, uh, uh, Lehman Brothers and RBS. And But I always had the inkling to come back, come back home and do something here. So that was the, uh, uh, there was always the sort of uh, desire to do so. But uh, a couple of years, which was the initial plan to work for turn seven and then which turned eight. And that's when I actually pulled the plug. I said, if I don't go now, I'll never go back. Uh, and that's when I came back to, to Pakistan. Main reason to come back to Pakistan, uh, I think it was more to, to, to come and do something here, one. And two, I saw this burgeoning economy, right, uh, uh, driven by 200 million odd people, uh, underserved uh, in a large capacity and with a unique image problem, which I felt was more of optics than the reality. And I thought this is an opportunity which which I'd regret missing out. Uh, Hence my decision to came back about four and a half years ago and launched Hawaii. Well, that's pretty interesting. So you have a banking background. I have a banking background as well. I I spent time, uh, I also worked at Lehman Brothers, but in New York, and this was many years ago in the early 2000s. But uh, I I think it's interesting that, um, you know, you were able to, I guess you you really didn't do anything that entrepreneurial before you decided to move back to to your home country and begin and then start a start a company. Is that right? Uh, that's correct. Uh, not really. I well, I in, in my last just sort of just a year or year and a half before I, I I moved back, I did something very small. I, I it was a sharing gig economy was just coming up. Uh, games like Task Rabbit was coming up in the U.S. So I kind of started a small part time thing in the U.K. Uh, about a sort of a home help service where people can, it's a marketplace. So we only did the first bit of it, had like 100,000 maids and, and house uh, keepers and dog walkers signed up. But then there was some 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 new company coming up which bought us out for like 90,000 pounds. Oh. I'll never forget that. And I, I, to, to be honest, I couldn't give enough time, so I just sold it. Yeah, well, that's that's a pretty good quick exit there. I mean, uh, you know, especially <laughs> exactly, yeah. yeah for for someone that just started it. I mean, so I'm always I'm always fascinated uh, when I hear these stories because uh, you know I, I I love hearing about people that leave 
from sort of the corporate world and really just take the plunge, a leap of faith and try to start something entrepreneurial. And, you know, I mean, there's a lot of, there's a lot of very, very inspiring stories out there. So I think, uh, I think it, it excites me when I hear uh, people that are actually have enough courage to do so. So when you decided to come back to Pakistan, you obviously said that you mentioned earlier that there was, um, there was this burgeoning economy, uh, this, this growth that is kind of hard to access, but you being someone from Pakistan, you were able to pinpoint perhaps uh, some of the, the exact pain points. How did you decide uh, to come up with an online pharmacy? I mean, th- this is not, I don't think that that would be something, unless I had some sort of a me- medical type background or, or some, someone in the family from that profession, I don't think that I would pursue that. I kind of, I would feel a little bit more nervous doing something in uh, online medicine or, or like a pharmacy type thing, as opposed to doing something more very plain vanilla consumer, you know what I mean? So how did you decide to, to pursue that? Yeah, very random, right? Many people ask me this question. I, I have no uh, medical background or any link to that whatsoever. The last time I studied biology was in class nine, right? And I, I didn't even take that for my O-levels. So, uh, so, so no link whatsoever. The only thing I wanted to do when I was considering, it took me about a year and a half to figure out what I wanted to do in Pakistan. And that's uh, pretty much I was commuting to Karachi once every month. Uh, uh, to actually look into the things i would i was traveling quite a lot for work so i would take a detour on from my asian trips and come to karachi for the weekend and meet here so one thing was pretty clear from the very beginning and i think uh, that was i wanted to be in the consumer space in the b2c space driven by this a uh, huge population underserved that's what is uh, i was looking at plus i knew that the gdp per capita is quite low in the country about 1200 dollars uh, and so it's not a very rich country in that sense. Purchasing power can be limited, um, uh, and it can be a limiting factor for many people. So I wanted to be in an essential space other than a luxury space, right? Something which people need. So that is kind of what I was thinking about: be it food, be it clothing. Uh, um, and then uh, it, it so happened that my mother got diabetes around the same time. Uh, and living in the West, uh, being used to CVS and Boots, right? You just take those sort of things for granted. So I was visiting. And doctor had sort of prescribed her an insulin, uh, and and with with a bit of sort of coming from a slightly affluent background, we took it for granted, sending a driver to to go and 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 pick the medicines up, and he came back after three hours, and we found out that it took him like to go from one pharmacy to another, to at least three pharmacies to fulfill a whole simple three medicine prescription for a simple early stage type two diabetes patient, and that got me thinking, wow, that we we've been taking things. Uh, for granted uh, back home in, in in London and when I was in New York as well for a bit uh, while working Merritt Lynch and what a problem this is. So, but then obviously I, I took it lightly, I moved on, right? And back in London, I kept on thinking about it and the idea started off, this was 2012. So mind you, before the whole e-commerce wave started here in, in, in Pakistan, before the ride sharing, before the Ubers and Kareem's of this world coming right. up. So the idea was I'll set something along the lines of CVS or Boots in the country and set up a chain of pharmacies. That's where it started off. Wow. Yeah, it was very plain vanilla, non-techy thing. It kind of became a tech business after I started. The initial idea was to actually uh, go for a big uh, $100 million business to start with, bring boots or or savings to Pakistan. That never happened. Uh, The macro uh, and the market structure is such, yeah. Market structure is such that um, it's 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 a cap pricing regulated pricing, there's limited margin. 
Uh, so it never really made economic sense to open up high quality real estate, right, in, in the right. country. Uh, and, and it was more from that angle that we kind of invented the business model uh, to go for volume from day one because it's actually a low margin, uh, high volume business. Wow, that's pre- that's pretty interesting. And so you realize that yeah, it wouldn't make sense for you to just bring in one of these large uh, pharmacies. And so you decided to use the leverage of code and the internet to uh, to basically do and technology to basically uh, to go as low cost and uh, and high margin as possible, right? Pretty much, and and to 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 add to that, it was actually even more plain vanilla technology. Our thing was we take orders over the phone or over uh, MSN Messenger, I think, or Facebook Messenger, I think, one of those. We take orders that way, and our riders would go and deliver. So it was as simple as that back in 2013. Uh, But we have seen the market change drastically, right, over the last five years. Yeah, so I'm interested. Maybe you could give a little quick uh, overview. You know, maybe you could give us a little bit of the backdrop. in Pakistan, you know, I mean, where we are right now, I think that a lot of people in the West, uh, they they assume that Pakistan might be something similar to India or maybe a Indonesia or Vietnam, something like that. Um, what are the differences there? I mean, are you guys pretty similar there? How's the infrastructure there? How's the technology? How's, you know, Internet, all that stuff? Yes, yeah, so Internet is very cheap, surprisingly, right? You, 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 it's, it's literally you can get... I think 20 GB of internet for, for a month for less than a dollar. So it's, it's okay. as cheap as that. Uh, it, it, uh, mobile phone penetration is about 75%, uh, inter- which is about like close to the global average, right? Yep. Uh, internet pen- Mobile internet penetration is about 35, 36%. A uh, uh, smartphone penetration about 40%. Uh, uh, and, 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 and compared to, I think, uh, the, the perception, I think, about... Um, India and, and Vietnam and Malaysia uh, and Indonesia. I would just add to that that yes, uh, compared to India, the psyche of the people, the culture is very very similar. Uh, the local infrastructure is very similar uh, in many ways. Um, uh, and with now with the one build thing with China, the infrastructure is actually going uh, going ahead and improving uh, even further. Mm. Uh, but the market I would say is about ten years behind India in terms of the uh, economy and the economics of many things. Right. So it's a great entry point for. A lot of these investors who actually think that um, India is actually has has priced them out, uh, and quite similar to Indonesia, where it was in back in 2013, 2014, uh, just on the words. So I feel Pakistan is just on that inflection point, uh, uh, and it's a right time for a cheap point to to enter. Uh, similar to Vietnam, probably uh, a, a year or two just uh, uh, ahead of before, right? Vietnam obviously is benefiting from the momentum of Southeast Asia. Pakistan is kind of uh, left out from that momentum, but but but, but overall the, the 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 situation, the macro economy, uh, and, and the macro factors. I wouldn't call macro economy economy is taking a bad drink these days because some structural changes happening. Uh, but uh, the, the macro, the market structure, and the macro factors are quite similar, right? It's like a two two twenty million all two twenty million people, uh, two thirty five billion dollar um, GDP in purchasing power terms. It's like eight and a half thousand. Uh, GDP per capita is like a, one of the one of the richest in terms of purchasing power. Pakistan is very cheap to to, to get into. Yet there's a, the, there's poverty out there. Yet there is a huge population of people underbanked, unbanked. Uh, uh, but everyone has mobile phone now. And and as far as the sort of payment uh, technology and payment culture, is it uh, is it up to speed with digital payments? Is it the credit cards? Is it mostly cash transactions? How does that how does it look there? 
Uh, it's it's increasingly cash. Uh, it's, it's skewed towards cash, about 85-90%. Uh, but payment providers, especially the banks, the issuer banks, actually partnering up with the with a lot of e-commerce players to actually start mm. getting the card usage up. So a lot of people do take up cards now uh, just to get the extra discounts and whatnot, but still predominantly a cash market. Uh, payment mechanism, I think, are still six months um, away. Uh, right. Alipay has already entered the market. They bought a bank uh, at, uh, from Eleanor. So I think they will be launching Alipay. And once that is launched, I think that's going to really change the, uh, the, the payments landscape. Uh, interestingly enough, we were the first player in the country back in 2016 uh, to to do a first oh, wow. ever bank partnership for an e-commerce player. Uh, before that, they, that wasn't a concept, right? So we sold um, the concept to a bank. We did the partnership and the market exploded literally. And, and from there onwards, everyone, be the Ubers, the, the Kareems, the Daraz, uh, are partnering with banks. And the, the philosophy we had at the time was, banks are going to go at war, at war with each other to get their card usage up the sure banks are talking about and to get that up the the, the world is going towards towards digitization people are increasingly buying online entice them to actually incentivize the card holders to actually buy online and 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 give them some discount so that's how we started and then the market has, has never looked back well you were a pioneer so it sounds like a very exciting time uh like you said we started very early on right just by virtue of timing right? we, we've been burned many times uh, we have, we've been on our knees right so uh, so we kind of seen the market evolving right well, there so you go i mean that's i think the only advantage yes so you have good experience uh, as, as one of the first movers in the market so okay so let's let's talk about your company Dawai. so uh who like did you do you have a co-founder or you came up you came up with the concept yourself um what is your team what did your team look like initially it's obviously grown by leaps and bounds now what do you guys look like now how many employees do you have and then we'll start talking about a little bit about the uh, the product itself the customer experience yes so so uh, i'm i'm pretty much sole founder i uh, i do have a co-founder but he's a friend from school uh, he had some background in the pharma market uh, in Pakistan. So he was the first guy I called up and I thought about pharma. He introduced me. Uh, he had sweat equity in the company, still has it. Uh, but he never joined full time because he wanted a salary. And at that time, we could not afford to give a salary out. I put some of my own savings out um, into the company to start with. Uh, had like three or four employees at uh, $200 a month salary. A few pharmacists and, and, a, few, uh, and a few drugs uh, in a licensed warehouse. That's how we started. With, uh, the plan was, I thought, the day we start, we tell people out, we'll be getting thousands of orders a day because, hey, everyone needs medicine. Uh, it, it, it turned out to be very different from that. Uh, we, we realized that my personal Facebook account got blocked because apparently I was breaching a policy of promoting medicines. I had no idea coming from a, coming from a trading background, trying to run a Facebook ad the first time. And, and it got rejected and I kind of kept, kept pushing the plug button. And then I remember they had just launched the boost thing at the time. And I was just trying to oh, boost, right, boost, right. boost. I tried doing that for five times a day for two days. And then, and then they blocked my account. Uh, and that was a disaster, I, I remember, right? For eight months, we'd be doing like 10 orders a week. We had one rider who'd be sleeping in the corner. When we get an order, he would jump out, <laughs> out of excitement to go and deliver something. So those were the interesting early days. You were sitting in a small dingy office. Hiring was very tough. Uh, employees wouldn't come and join because the office was very odd this i remember this before uh, the whole digitization and the ride sharing era in the country so parents were still pushing the young graduates bright kids from the family to go and work for the fmcgs the, the renowned ones so we weren't really the flavor of the month back then 
but since uh, things changed, uh, uh, as I said, perseverance paid off. And now we have 160 employees working across country. We operate in 17 cities uh, across Pakistan, uh, where we do uh, three to four hour delivery, same day delivery, essentially. Uh, we have doubled down uh, in the last uh, two months. We have grown 12x in the last uh, five months. So this is like a hyper growth phase right wow. now. Everything is breaking up. Our operations are breaking up. Uh, so that's the stage we are at. But it, took, uh, it was a long journey and a windy road, right, to, to speak of it lightly. Of course. And, I, you know, those stories that you were just telling me about uh, having doing the Facebook, boosting the ads and, and having one delivery guy. I mean, those are all great uh, war stories that uh, that make it all worth it when you get at this point in the journey. It's kind of it must be unbelievable looking back at at those early days. Um, so, OK, so why don't you talk us a little bit just basic business model uh, and what are the various offerings you have? And then maybe you can talk us through the customer experience. Think of us as uh, as pill pack uh, of emerging Asia, right? Or or Amazon or medicine. So we are a full stack pharmacy. Uh, we have tried different models. We have tried being a marketplace. We have tried being a, a hospital supplier. We have tried everything. But full stack pharmacy, whereas we own the warehouse, we own the inventory, is a model we kind of finally got go, um, got onto because that's where we feel we are able to serve the patients the best way. Uh, so we essentially. Uh, we get orders over our app, over the internet, over the phone, over WhatsApp, you name it. We are an omni-channel in that sense. We have a team of pharmacists and doctors who man our call center. They talk to patients, they take the orders, Orders are the prescriptions are verified, and orders are processed from, from one of our warehouses, depending on the, uh, uh, the location of the delivery. Uh, once the order is processed, uh, it's packed and shipped and delivered to, uh, to people, right? Um, uh, that's one thing. Um, in a market which is rife with counterfeit, about thirty percent of four, there's some there's a range of thirty to fifty percent of counterfeit in, in in the country, right? Um, uh, availability of medicines is a is a major issue. Uh, whenever there's a shortage, black market uh, spurs up randomly. Uh, so we are very much above board. Uh, we procure directly from manufacturers. Uh, every we f- follow the law and the regulation to the letter. We have, a, in fact, a holier than thou approach. But, and the whole purpose and everything underlying this is to ensure that people have access to quality medicines at affordable pricing, right? That is essentially what we are working towards. You know, that's where the gap we had seen initially. I suffered myself because my mom is diabetic and, and I, I know the pain. And that is essentially what we're trying to solve. And that has actually, actually taken off, right, Hel- uh, 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 recently with us. And, and, the, and the net promoter score uh, with the word of mouth is very strong for us. Right. So I'm 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 curious, uh, you know, when you said you were getting shut down by the Facebook uh, posts because, uh, you know, due to some sort of regulation, what what are some of the challenges that you have faced as far as regulatory goes? I mean, you mentioned there's a lot of fake, you know, medicine out there. Um, you know, how do the regulators ensure that your 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 platform is compliant? And uh, when you're making, you know, doing partnerships with sort of pharmacies and hospitals and labs and this sort of thing, how, how is all the, how are all the boxes ticked and how is everyone comfortable that, you know, someone is not trying to, you know, cut corners and someone might get in trouble? 
Yeah, so, uh, so so the market is superly regulated. The only issue, and in fact, the major issue, is the enforcement of regulation is very weak, right, in the, in the market. And that's why all these macro factors limiting the growth of the market have been at play uh, uh, at a large scale, and which we are trying to solve for. For us, regulations have never been a problem as such, right? There, because we've been super compliant. We have been holier than thou approach. Every single of our warehouses is licensed. Oh, you, you name a license and we have it. We, we have gone through the whole process and the whole pain of getting it done. We have licensed every single province of the country. Uh, the, the issue we faced on Facebook was actually a limit, a very specific to digital media, the Facebooks and the Googles of this world, uh, who wouldn't allow uh, online pharmacies to promote themselves in most countries, bar a few, uh, which are predominantly Western Hemisphere. So we were a pharmacy in, in, in Pakistan, which is obviously not part of the country list of countries, where it is allowed so they, they would actually they ended up banning us right and then we ended up getting white labeled a few years down the line but that was initially the issue as far as the local regulation is concerned we are above law we follow every single thing if anything we tell the regulators where the miss where the gaps in the market are and in fact is is a weak enforcement of regulation that has kind of led us to this rather complicated operational part of having being a full stack pharmacy where we are not comfortable partnering with uh, with most people around because we aren't sure about the source of medication right we aren't sure about the inventory they hold uh we aren't sure about the tax uh, compliance so those are the issues that actually led us to this uh, full stack model which is uh, let me tell you very complicated very difficult to execute and needs a lot of sort of operational um, uh, uh, sort of optimization and adds to complexity for us but we have to do it because that is the only way we can actually help our patients serve them at the, at the level we promise them to serve and we still fail at times and and Maintain the, the quality control, exactly. of course. So, so right. Okay, that's very interesting. I mean, it's, yeah, it's it's certainly not the easiest way to, to build that business, but it's the, the safest, I suppose. And in the long run, it should pay off. Uh, so as far as you said that, uh, uh, so let's say I'm a customer and, uh, you know, I, I have an ailment and I need some some medicine or I go to a doctor and I get a prescription. You said there's multiple ways I could, there's, you guys have an app or I could, I could even send it, call it in, or I could send a WhatsApp photo. Is that right? That's correct. Yes. You can, you can WhatsApp it to us as well. The main, the, the, the largest sort of traffic flow coming from your actual app that you have. Uh, so app has, uh, we, we launched app only a few months ago. It was predominantly a web-based and telephone platform. So app has really taken okay. off. Uh, we kind of encourage and incentivize people to use our app because we can send them push notification around uh, dosage compliance, dosage reminders, and so on and so forth. So there are many benefits for people having the app on their phone. Uh, but, but the largest flow of people historically used to be mobile phone uh, and, and telephone call center ordering. Now it has shifted towards online ordering both app and web we have about 85 to 90 percent of our orders are on the platform itself which is great for us uh, phone ordering is a pain uh, uh, obviously and uh, but but the, but the user flow has actually been uh, 80 to 85 percent organic we have a huge amounts of content um, as part of a strategy so content is around medication so if you go to a pharmacy in a developed world the pharmacist actually guide you how to take medicine before meal after meal uh, in the morning, in the evening, the whole guidance, right, around around medication. Here, the, the system is broken, right? You go to a pharmacy, they, you, you, you're very, very unlikely to find a qualified pharmacist there. If the shopkeeper selling you medicines, you'll bring the medicine, you'll take it the wrong way, you end up going back to the doctor. So we kind of digitize all that information onto a platform. 
so people can actually read up and see uh, how they should be doing that how, uh, for the lack of pharmacists. Um, they can read up on that. We also did price comparison between generic and, uh, and brands, so which made the market transparent. Uh, much to the dismay of a lot of incumbents, uh, a lot of pharma companies, but we thought it's in the best interest of the people uh, for them to know because affordability is an issue. It's a very price conscious market. Uh, so we did that. So that effectively has kind of played along uh, uh, in, in the macro scheme of things because increasingly the search engines have become uh, federated and, and democratized. They look for local content first and then they go for the foreign content. Uh, so for us, uh, that became great because uh, we were the first ones to have that much of content around medication and healthcare in, in the country and the region, right? So the organic traffic literally went through the, through the roof. And, and that ended up getting a lot of people on the platform that improved the trust of the people and then the word of mouth, as I mentioned earlier on. That's a pretty smart strategy. You know, it's it's education education to the people, right? And that's how, like you said, it, it builds trust. It's a, it's a longer term uh, commitment that's required. But when you build that sort of ecosystem of content and there's just that library of content out there, then people will keep coming back to you, keep coming back to you and, and you'll be sort of the... The trusted voice in the space right so i like that strategy a lot I mean, even doctors use it for content funnily enough right? oh, really? they, they, they have doctors <laughs> nice. on a website actually reading up content and seeing which medicine is cheaper to uh, to to write on the prescription wow that's incredible uh and then so yeah so and then on that on that side so uh just quickly on the the um on the business model so you basically you you, you guys are because you basically own the full stack i mean you you're charging a commission or i guess a premium on on the the the, the medicine and the drugs that you're getting um so you're, you're you're obviously sourcing them at a cheaper price uh and then you're just taking a fee on on the actual product is there a, like a delivery fee if they're doing delivery and is there any sort of banking or financing options that you're able to to draw revenue off of as well at this point yeah so uh, so the, so the market is uh, as i said is, is regulated and there's a cap on the price which you can sell at which is determined by the government right so you can't really sell at a price premium mm -hmm. to that uh, you have to sell at the price you can sell under that so for for us the business model is very simple we, we buy from the companies at trade price or something slightly below that depending on the volumes and whatnot uh, and then we sell it at the price, uh, uh, the maximum allowed price. Then obviously we run various deals and offers. So it's a very similar. Uh, and, and by law, all retail pharmacies have to have a minimum 15% margin. Now that's minimum, but actually that's actually the highest you get because there hasn't been a price increase. Um, it's not inflationary linked price increase. The pharma companies and government essentially are loggerheads for price increase because it hasn't happened in the last 20 years. Uh, so you can imagine the inflationary pressures, um, the the bottom line is uh, really eroding for a company. So minimum 15% for retailers, obviously the companies do not give you a penny more than that. Uh, but in case of volumes and, and sort of a digital angle, we end up getting a bit more in some cases and not all. Uh, so yes, yeah, so our business model is very similar to any retail pharmacy, except that we, we, we operate a large scale. So that helps us to monetize the, uh, 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 the, um, the scale factor. Right. Well, everything that you've told me so far uh, sounds like a, a very good, a very uh, ideal type of investment. And I know that, uh, you know, your, your 500 startups made their, I think it was their first investment into Pakistan and it was your company, right? Um, first and one of the largest, actually, uh, I think in this part of the world, the, the ticket size usually is much smaller than what they yeah. did. So uh, Kylie and I, who's a great friend now in 500, they, they took a big punt and I think 
uh, we're out there to to to. to to, to make a good return for them. Well, Kylie has a good reputation of being able to pick uh, unicorns and and and, the, and centaurs. So I think that uh, if anyone of, of their team is, he's the guy that you want uh, backing you. So congrats on that. How has how has fundraising been going for you? I mean, I imagine that, uh, like you said, because it's a bit hard to access uh, good uh, companies and entrepreneurs, uh, particularly trying to tackle Pakistan. Have you seen a lot of sort of foreign VCs that are interested now as as you're hitting this sort of hockey stick type growth uh, inflection point? Yes, I think there, there is an interest in Pakistan, uh, which is growing now. It, it is much different than it was two years ago. Obviously, having uh, someone like Kylie with us on board changes the dynamics. So we are luckily uh, much further ahead. About, but of Unfortunately for the system, I think it isn't really there yet. So but that's why I said earlier on, there's a right time and the right price point for many people to come in uh, into the market. And it, it, I think it will likely change in the next six to 12 months um, uh, uh, for the good for entrepreneurs. Uh, but yes, things are changing for us. Um, the kind of volumes and numbers we have, uh, it's slightly easier to, to access, but obviously we still are limited by the Pakistan factor. Uh, but hopefully we are breaking the ceiling and we'll probably be the torchbearer to actually get this out of the way. I hope so. I'm, I'm looking forward to, to tracking your guys' progress. So speaking of which, uh, looking forward in the next sort of 12 to 18 months, what are the main goals that you have? What are any any milestones that, uh, you know, maybe our listeners can keep an eye out for? You you said you were in how many cities now? And We're in 17 cities, right? And, and we intend to double up in the next 12 months. The, the whole purpose is very simple for the next 12 months, right? To serve as many people as possible. What we are serving is not even scratching the surface right now. We want to go just deeper and grow 10x from where we are, right? To Because th- there's a pent-up demand for quality medication in a timely way at affordable pricing. And and no one is doing that, right? And and we have an incredible lead. Uh, barriers to entry are quite high uh, uh, in this business, as, as you must have sort of got a gist of the operational complexities, which you only learn with by being in the trenches. So that gives us an edge as, a, as an institution. And I want to just use that and kind of double up for the benefit of patients. So that is essentially what our North Star is, to go and serve as many people as possible, uh, 10x from where we are in terms of the number of people we serve. And you plan on doing that by just literally uh, increasing the the number of customers per city and then adding cities uh, on top of the 17 going forward. That's right. A- adding cities. So we, we already operate across the country, but we uh, for the cities, we don't have local presence. We do 24 to 48 hours delivery, uh, right? Uh, so see, the idea is actually, and obviously when we open up for localized same-day delivery, uh, we see like literally tripling of demand overnight, right? When we do that. Uh, so, so for us, we want to open up as many cities as possible, as quickly uh, to, to get to those people, right? Because uh, people on chronic medication, they can surely wait um, to get a refill by a day or so. Uh, but, but someone who's, who's an acute uh, patient needing antibiotic, they're not going to wait for like 10 hours or 24 hours for us to do it. And we want to be able to reach those patients because those are the worst affected by, by that, right? And obviously on the chronic side, uh, availability of insulin, the cold chain maintenance is not there. Efficacy of drugs is pretty poor, uh, uh, so we want to solve for this problem, and and that is essentially what what we're looking at. But at the same time, uh, the, the, sort of we're cognizant of our operational limitations, and and one thing uh, one key thing for us is to improve, keep improving on the SLAs because with growth we have seen our infrastructure breaking out. Have to be honest about it, and we are 
we're kind of mending it right now. Well, it's all very exciting, Furkan. Thank you so much for sharing your story. Um, I I like to leave with uh, two final questions. Um, and the, the second, the final question, the final question is just where can people follow you and find you? So I'll ask that after this, but, uh, the second, the final question is, uh, you know, I usually like to ask entrepreneurs, especially ones that have sort of come out from corporate, uh, you know, corporate and, and tried their hand at entrepreneurship and have been proven to, 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 to find some success. Uh, give us give us a piece of advice or, or, or you know, maybe maybe an area if, if there was a, a fellow entrepreneur from Pakistan looking to perhaps come in and, and they realize the same things about the demographics and the macro that you saw, um, you know, is there an area that you think is in need of disruption or is there just one piece of advice that you would give for someone to come and try to start a company successfully in Pakistan? Yeah, w- one thing I would say, I think uh, in terms of areas is literally everywhere. It's the lowest hanging fruit right now. You think of a sector, you'll find issues, right? There's a huge pent up, there's a pent up demand uh, from the consumer side in the B2C space to actually just help them get things right. Uh, be it services, be it goods, there's demand for that, right? And in fact, um, for Kareem, which was recently acquired mm-hmm. by Uber, Karachi was the largest city, right? From the whole um, uh, MENA and North Af- uh, MENA and Pakistan and Africa region. So that gives one aspect, right? It's a right for disruption. I do prefer people to be experiential with the uh, uh, in terms of the pain point they feel. Uh, go for the pain point. Uh, get a gist of, of what people are struggling with. Uh, even for just paying a, your utility bill, there's a long key right. outside a bank, right? So just solve for those problems. It's everywhere. Solve for a problem. Don't go for the big um, uh, sort of lofty sort of ideas which you see in the West more developed market like B2Bs and the SaaS and whatnot. They're, they're not going to work at this stage. Um, the market is in infancy. It's a huge consumer play. Once you solve that, I think uh, entrepreneurship 2.0 would be that. Right. At this time, keep it simple and, and have perseverance because it's not going to be walk in the park. It'll be a tough ride. It'll be a long ride, but it's definitely going to be paying huge dividends compared to anywhere else. That's great. That's fantastic advice. It's a great market and a great opportunity. Yeah, I'm, you know, I'm, again, like I said, I'm looking forward to, to tracking your progress. Uh, and it sounds like you guys are well on your way. And I think that the more of these mature companies that come in with se- more seasoned entrepreneurs like yourself, uh, the better it will be for the ecosystem. The better it will be for, uh, you know, entrepreneurship 2.0 in Pakistan. So I'm looking forward to, uh, to following the space uh, very closely. So last question for you uh, then is, you know, what's the best ways to find you, follow you and learn a little bit more about the why? Um, I, I try to be active. I'm not very active, but one place to follow me is Twitter. Is uh, My hand is uh, FRKidWai. And I also have a Facebook public profile, so you can follow me on there. I try to remain active, not very active, and thirdly, LinkedIn. I think LinkedIn is where I'm most active, uh, primarily because I'm always looking to hire good talent out there. <laughs> right. Well, there you go. Anyone that is, uh, needs a job and is looking to get a job in the space, uh, connect with uh, Furkan on, on LinkedIn. Thanks so much for your time. Really appreciate it. And, uh, and best of luck in uh, building out your company. Thank you, Jake. Good talking to you. All right. Take care. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. All of the show notes and links can be found over at jkimshow.com. Come back often and don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss the next exciting episode of The Jay Kim Show. 
As always, I'd love to hear your questions, comments, or future guest suggestions. You can find me on Twitter at jkimmer. That's J-A-Y-K-I-M-M-E-R. See you in the next episode.